I have a pie and route. Oh, well, that, that that's good. Amazon? Yep. W- one hour delivery? I told Owen to come bring me pie and say the thing that he said before. He said a good thing. Where's my Bible? Oh. What did he say? Oh, he said, I guess we're oh. pie casting. Oh, here right. we go. Here he comes. Come on in. Come in. <laughs> you got to say that on the microphone so we can hear you. Got pie for your pie cast. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Pie cast. What is this on here? Cheese? Welcome to Deutero Cannons. I'm Byron, and with me as always is Justin. Party on, Justin. Party on, Byron. And with us in studio, still feels weird to say in studio. But in, it is a studio. In my bonus room is Brother Robert Hyde. Hello, Robert. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Beat me to the punch. <laughs> and unlike the previous uh, introduction we did for the Allensville Church of Christ podcast, which is available on major podcasting platforms. See that shameless plug I threw in there real quick? Right, but it, it's, it would be good for people to listen to it because now we have historic content on the Ellensville Church of Christ podcast, such as a sermon posted last night from Howard Marsh from 1970, right. talking about the first paragraph of the book of Jude. Yeah, unlike that podcast, on this podcast, we're going to take a little bit more time to get to know Brother Robert Hyde. So, hello. <laughs> <laughs> so, so briefly, Robert, for, for those who might not know you and who are listening to this podcast... Just elevator pitch, you know, meeting somebody randomly on an elevator at a coffee shop, something. Who, who are you? I'm a math teacher, uh, retired. I teach a Bible class at Portland Avenue Church of Christ. And I was down here visiting you guys today, and you dragooned me into <laughs> participating in this podcast. What's What's your history with Allensville? Um. Mostly uh, with uh, the Gill family and with Justin, um, just because we have a mutual interest in preserving the writings and the books of library mm-hmm. for Brother Bowl. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, we actually just had, so we've had both both Brothers Gill, is that work, like Brothers Grimm, right? The, the, the Brothers Gill. The Brothers Gill. We've had the Brothers Gill both on here. Uh, Winston first and then Todd was actually just on last week so well interesting I guess before we get get started here then because uh, I failed to do this as always go ahead and like share subscribe comment more than anything just tell a friend about this podcast hopefully you find it helpful and uh, this is episode ooh, I want to say 45 40. I, I, yeah I, I think you're right it, it depends on if we're counting the episode that we counted twice yeah We'll go with 45. We're, we're going to go with 45. I mean, if I'm wrong, it might I think this is it. number 31 as far as Apple is concerned. Okay. And probably yeah. also Amazon since we have content that predates our dissemination of the podcast on those uh, platforms. And tonight, Justin is in the lead. So uh, what, do you, what, do you, what do you want to talk about? Yeah. So for those of you keeping score at home, Byron and I go back and forth when it comes to picking and, and leading topics. But there really is a, a strong similarity between... What what each of us happen to be respectively digging into, Byron like the podcast last week is looking at the fruit of the spirit, and so we're we're just kind of ticking those off one by one, looking at attributes of God and attributes of Christians, who, uh, 
as understood by the fruits of the Spirit. And I've started a series where we look at church words. And the first church word that we, we covered recently was holy. So in the last two weeks, we had holy, and then we had joy. Right. So even though the, the topics may be separate to an extent, I think that we're really doing the same thing. We're looking at important words that we find in the scriptures, words that are, that are bandied about in, in churches, and trying to think carefully about their importance and trying to look, look at the scriptures for that deeper, clearer understanding. <clears throat> so this is, this is a, a little bit off of that topic, perhaps, but I, I think it's still the same thing. Byron, have, have you ever wondered what the word Hebrew means, like where that comes from, like why the Hebrews are called Hebrews? Hmm. I guess I haven't, but you've definitely got me intrigued now. Yeah, I, I, I intrigued myself with that recently, and so I, I did a not a not a real in-depth study, but I, I covered some ground that I had previously studied in in past years, but not as not as deeply as what I needed to. And I, I still want to to learn more. And so I've, I've had some conversations with with Robert along these lines also. So I, I think I want to pass it over to Robert to to start this story. So, so Robert, what, what's what's your understanding of, or, or what can you what can you tell us about why exactly God's people are referred to as Hebrews in the Old Testament and elsewhere? Well, I'm not sure, but <clears throat> um, we take we get the word uh, Hebrew from the biblical name Eber or Heber, who was one of the descendants of Shem. Mm-hmm. I don't recall if he was the son or grandson. Of, uh, the great-grandson. Great-grandson of Shem. And, of course, those, uh, those men lived for a long time, mm-hmm. uh, hundreds of years. Uh, they were both shortly after the flood. And uh, so I got interested myself in finding out who eber was or where his name came from because i was interested a few years ago in what we would call the hebrew roots movement Mm -hmm. uh, which is fascinating to me Hmm. and uh, i came across uh, one thing was that um, his name uh, came from the idea of uh, of the root word abar Mm -hmm. which um, is a kind of an all-purpose word, mm-hmm. uh, which I take to mean uh, do, a doer. Um, so that interested me because um, I'm, I'm thinking ahead a little bit here, but uh, in the book of James, where it says, be doers of the word and not hearers only, I think um, in some respects that's a play on words mm-hmm. um, uh, that James is referring to the characteristics of Heber or the Hebrews as being primarily doers mm-hmm. uh, rather than simply um, observers, mm-hmm. let's say. Hmm. They're, they're active, they're, they're accomplishing something. Okay, so so not simply hearers of the word, but doers of the word. Mm-hmm. I, that's something that I think that we're going to get into later. 
uh, in the in, in our time together today is to talk about the significance of the word word in mm -hmm. Hebrew, specifically in relation to this Hebrew word abar, uh, which is the root of Eber, and then the uh, the namesake it seems of of the Hebrews, and and I think that this is a, a good time to mention a, a way that uh, that Robert has shown me to, uh, in approaching the scriptures that the, that the words matter. So I, I would say that my whole interest in words outside of, I don't know, my parents having really good vocabularies and, and teaching words and using good words for, for a long time and quoting stories and th things, that we, things that we enjoyed. Robert has had a huge influence in me and, and carefully considering the, the words in the scriptures. And, and I think that a lot of my interest in the Hebrew language, which Honestly, I've only dabbled in, but a lot of that goes back to conversations that Robert and I have had going back 20 years, I reckon, at this point. <clears throat> and as, as we study the scriptures or try to learn about the original languages, learning about Greek, learning about Hebrew, even if a, even if a person doesn't become a scholar in those areas, I, I find that there are associations that emerge there are connections that, that emerge as we consider the, the original languages that don't contradict the, the surface level meaning of the texts, but it, en it, it enriches our experience of the scriptures because we see connections that otherwise aren't, aren't obvious. Mm -hmm. And so, so that's, that's, that's a little bit of, of where we're, we're going with this. So, so Robert, you were saying that a bar has to do with being a, a doer, yeah, I think um, it, it's, a, it's a broad word, and I'm looking at my concordance right now. Um, the word Eber in, in my concordance is, uh, refers to what it says is the region beyond, mm -hmm. uh, which, which implies some kind of a transitive or transitional motion forward. Mm -hmm. to a place, yeah. a goal or a place. And you and I have had a conversation recently about the the concept of a region uh, yes. rather than a point in time or space, but uh, a region as in a place or a situation or an event that has some context to it. And it's interesting to me that this word Eber uh, has this implicit uh, location locality, intention, something like that, that it's working toward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we're going to, to try to explore some of the applications of that. Um, let's see, where, where, where do we want to go from here? Oh, yeah, so in, in my notes here, I've got that. I think that, that we have the word Hebrew because of transliteration. So with transliteration, so some words in the Bible are translated, where where the the people putting together an English translation, let's say, look at the original languages, and sometimes they they will translate a word, which means they find the the closest English equivalent, right, to that idea. But other times, and, and this comes through a lot with names, there's transliteration, where instead of um, instead of finding the English equivalent meaning or the English equivalent word. They use English equivalent letters, and that's that's what's going on with Hebrew. So if you if you find that that word Hebrew in the in the Old Testament, it's ha ibri. All right. So it's it starts with that hey with a mm -hmm. hey prefix, mm -hmm. 
And the letter hey in Hebrew means the. It's the definite yeah. article. Right. Mm. So it's the Ebri, which means essentially Eberites. Mm-hmm. If you if you see like Hittites, Jebusites, all of that, it doesn't say I T E S. And so so what they've done is they've taken uh, the, the the name. The translators have taken the name and then so they transliterated the name, but then they took the English suffix "ites." Mm-hmm meaning descendants of X mm-hmm. and tacked that onto the end of the personal name that they've transliterated. Okay. Okay. So ha ebri is ha eber e. Mm-hmm. The e is ites. The eber is eber. The ha is, so it's the eber ites is, is mm-hmm. literally what it means. And, and that, but because we have Hebrew as the transliteration instead of the eber ites, I think that it can, Throw us off the scent because if it said if, if God's people were called the Eberites, then I think that a whole lot more people would wonder what's going on with Eber mm-hmm. yeah. and 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 why exactly they're 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 called that. So if you um, if you think about Israelites, yeah. Well, okay, I think that it's clear why why the why why they are called Israelites. Yeah, but then like why is it that they're called Eberites instead, like before that point, instead of Semites mm. or Shemites or Abrahamites or right. Abramites or something like that. Like, why is it that Eber is the one who's pe- pegged mm-hmm. as as being the the nominal descendant or the namesake? I mean, not not descendant, but 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 the namesake ancestor you know and i don't know if this is intentional or or if it just happens to be that but when we when you when you use the ites suffix which i mean you hear that with israelites um i don't know it's so it, it's almost like we, we're kind of double doubling down on what i'm saying here if we think of it in terms of it being the eberites because i think people have a tendency when they talk about like the canaanite conquest and all that that the Israelites somehow don't have a or, or don't or don't originate from that that land you know, mm-hmm. but when you think about it, like Israelites, Jebusites, Canis- uh, uh, Jebusites, Hittites, like they're ites just like everybody else. So, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously that's not necessarily tying them to the land, right? Like that you're saying that's the suffix means like descendant of. Yes. But what I guess what I am saying is when you when you hear Hittites, Canaanites, uh, Amalekites, and then Hebrews, it's like oh these guys are foreigners <laughs> or something. Yeah, yeah, and I think that it does make a distinction, but I think it makes the wrong distinction in, in, in our minds. Um, and any time that, you, you know, that there's this idea that kids have especially, but I guess not just kids anymore since so many people aren't growing up in the first place. <laughs> I want to be different. I want to be a nonconformist like everyone else. Right, right. You know, that, that sort of thing. Yeah. And I try to tell the kids that I'm around, okay, I get it, you want to be different. But your efforts to be different make you exactly like whatever group identity that you think you want to identify with. So if you're going to be different, make sure that any differences are for for the good. Yeah. Like, be be good. Don't be weird. Different. Be good. Different. You want to be different and unique. Well, that you you've just joined the collective the collective of contrarians effectively. Yeah. Yeah. It's like <laughs> you know, big deal. Yeah. Okay, so let's take a look at 
how this word is is used because honestly in in the scriptures like i think one of the puzzling things is so so why would they be called eberites when the scriptures say so little about eber right but that doesn't mean that we can't find the root of eber in the scriptures very early oh take us there justin hey it was communion today where you took it back to genesis i did genesis what 29 I think so. Okay, we're going back further than that. Oh, man. Yeah. So let, let's turn to Genesis chapter 8. And this is the first occurrence in the Old Testament of the, essentially the, the, the word Eber or, or, or a bar. You said Genesis 8? Yeah, Genesis chapter 8. Okay. Verse 1. And I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit, Byron, not just in terms of reading... But uh, to tell you what, go ahead and read 8.1, and then I've got a, a question for you. Okay. And it's going to put you on the spot, but not in a mean way. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, but God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and the livestock that were with him in the ark, and he sent a wind over the earth, and the waters receded. Am I reading the wrong thing? Nope, that's the right thing. Wait a second. So Robert said that it means doer and that it's that it's a, a very uh it's a word that can go different directions there's you might say a, a region of of meanings mm -hmm. um in in english class i guess we we would call that denotation okay denotation would be everything that a word could possibly mean according to the dictionary and then connotation would be what it happens to mean in a particular situation so if you were to guess which i'm going to ask you to guess no where where do you think that word or that idea would show up in Genesis eight one right here? Where where's a bar? A bar, the idea of of, of being a doer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and while Byron's thinking, um, again, I'm putting him on the spot in a in a not mean way, hopefully, um. Because I don't think I'd be able to answer this question <laughs> correctly. He sent. You would think. Noah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, God remembered. Nope. Not right. that one either. See, all of those are good guesses. I think that all of those are, are, are exactly the guesses that, that, that I would make. Which is sort of why I put you on the spot. Because everything that you, you just said... Is exactly what I would have thought. Livestock. <laughs> Colder. <laughs> Passover. Mm. It's not just pass, but it's, pa it's, it's Passover where it says, and God made a wind to pass over the earth and the waters subsided. Mm. Okay. D does yours say something other than pass? It says it he say? sent a wind over the earth. Okay, sent... So oh, it's it's not just sent, but it's the sent over. Sent over. Well, then yeah. I was close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were close. The the sent over. So it's it's Passover, which of course is a doing. Mm -hmm. I mean, one can't pass over with without without doing. So, example number two. You ready? I'm ready. Genesis twelve six. And, and, and we probably need to, to back up a little bit to verse 4. So, Robert, could you read 
Genesis 12 verses 4 through 6. And just for a little bit of context, if you're you know listening in the car and you can't flip to your Bible or, or look at your Bible app or whatever, God has just blessed Abram. I mean, the whole, I will bless those who bless you, curse those who curse you, all of that. And then verse 4 is the very next verse after that. Robert. So Abraham went, I'm sorry, Abram went as Jehovah had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 70 and five years old when he departed out of Haran. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their substance that they had gathered, and the souls that they had gotten in Haran, and they went forth to go into the land of Canaan, and into the land of Canaan they came. And Abram passed through the land unto the place of Shechem, unto the oak of Moreh. And the Canaanite was then in the land. There it is again, passed through. Mine has traveled through. Travel, okay. That's, but that's when I, I as I, as I, Sped red, speed read ahead of you. That's what I, I assumed it would probably be. That one mm-hmm. traveled. Yeah, traveled ahead. Traveled through. He 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 did he did the journey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the journey needed done, and he and he done did it. <laughs> right. It the the fact that there is a specific objective mm-hmm. is part of the word. You do something intentional or specific mm-hmm. right and so so we know that in, in both of these cases the the passing through is a deed performed for god's purposes right mm-hmm. i mean the, the the wind was directed by the lord to dry up the land mm-hmm. and so it it's this kind of middle ground between point a and and point b you might say point A mm-hmm. being whatever the status quo happens to be, point B being the situation that God wants to accomplish. And so you have this passing through and this doing right. that, that, that occurs bet- between those two points. Right. And the end point is understood mm-hmm. as being part of the intention of the doing. And in both cases, it's like the spirit of God is is operating and so I also think it's interesting in that first example that it's the wind that's that's doing this, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, because wind is, is spirit. Like the the word the word in he, both Hebrew and Greek for wind is the exact same word as the word for spirit. Right. And mighty rushing wind. Yeah. So in which is a great movie, by the way. I, I'm, not, I'm not familiar with that. Mighty wind. Okay. So in Hebrew, it's a uh, ruach. It means spirit, breath, wind. In Arabic, it's ria. Ria. Yeah. Same same difference. Yeah. I mean, re- really, really similar. And then here, clearly, the reason that 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 Abram is doing what he's doing is because the voice of God just spoke to him. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's speaking is predicated on breath. Yeah. Or breath is the vehicle of the speaking. Yeah. And so, e- even though he he might not have the audible voice of God as he previously had he he's he's physically acting out what the what the the wind has told him to do essentially the the, the spirit has told him to do yeah okay so the next example is uh genesis 15 17 and probably we'll back up a little bit and i guess it's it's my turn to read no yeah I'll, i'll start with i'll start with 17 this is in the context of God's covenant 
with with Abraham. This is when they cut the covenant. So what 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 God had Abram do is he he split open all of these and like he he cut them in in half like top to bottom. So so these are not it's not like head head over here and feet over here. I mean it's it's down the middle the the, the two lateral halves I I, I guess you would say mm-hmm. of of these various animals and he he lays them out there. It's a heifer, a goat, and a ram. Yes. And it came to pass, this is verse 17, it came to pass when the sun went down and it was dark, that behold, there appeared a smoking oven and a burning torch that passed between those pieces. Hmm. So where it says passed between the root, the root for that word is abar. Okay. And, and in Hebrew, the, the way that the roots work is uh, most Hebrew words, though not all, but a whole lot of them are, are three letters. Mm-hmm. And they tack stuff to the front and they tack stuff to the end. Yep. And is that how Arabic basically works? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, wait, we're talking about nouns or verbs here? Both. Yeah. Um, so, tip, yes, it's the same. It, I assume it's the same. Of course, now as I'm thinking about it, uh, I'm drawing a blank on how to do anything because you put me on the spot. But <laughs> so you know, with with a verb, you've got the root, and then the the suffix determines uh, like which gender mm-hmm. you're assigning to it. Yeah. Um, but then also the way it begins determines which tense it's in. So past Byron, pre- you you can't, you can't assign gender. Hmm? <laughs> Tell that to the Arabs. <laughs> <laughs> you might find that they disagree. It can only be discovered. Yeah. But yeah, so you. you Again, so the the gen that you you gender the verb with the with the suffix and then the prefix prefix determines which uh, tense it's in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, Hebrew works in a in a very very similar way, and so it, the, the the root of this word. I mean, so if you look at it in an interlinear Bible, or if you have the I don't know the Biblia Hebraica Stuttgart Tensia, mm-hmm. which is the, the the main I don't know edition of the Bible that that or the Hebrew Bible that scholars use, and you look up that verse. You know, you, you might not know all the prefixes and suffixes and what all they entail, but there in the middle of the word, you're going to see Eber. Mm-hmm. You're going to see Ayan, Bait, Resh. Those three, those three letters that are akin to either E or A, and then B, and then R, right smack dab in the middle. And so, you know, you, it's, it's recognizable. Right. So once again, uh, like the first two examples, I don't know, do, do you all, either of you see any similarities between these first two examples of a bar and, and what we find here in, in Genesis 15 with the cutting of the covenant? I notice that it's repeated in the book of Jeremiah in chapter oh, okay. 34, uh, 18. It's referring back to... A, the Lord talks about men who have transgressed my covenant in uh, Jeremiah thirty four eighteen, that have not performed the words of the covenant which they made before me when they cut the calf in twain and passed between the parts thereof. Huh. Hmm. So once again, it's passing through or between. Uh, but also the, the, the doing. Yes. Justin, right. can, you, can you push his mic towards him a little bit? Oh, yeah, sure forward. thing. And, um, yep. and it's interesting that the God's criticism here is they have not performed the words of the covenant. So it was lack of performance. It is lack of doing is what they're being. Uh, 
they they were they were for. hearers, not doers. Right. Go going back to James. Uh, man, I was wondering, are we going to James? Because I I have that one marked. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I I just have a couple more examples here in Genesis, and that that's all that I was looking for, because again, like like I mentioned previously, to try to get a handle on the connotation. Well, I'm, I'm not trying to rush you, but that's the second time he's made a point where I want to go to James. <laughs> okay. Oh, <laughs> shoot, do it. Yeah. Yeah, because as Robert was talking earlier during the more, uh, when we first started, it, it reminds me of James one twenty two. It says, do not merely listen to the word right. and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Mm-hmm. So it's this idea of, you know, as, as, you, as he was mentioning earlier, uh, this idea of not just being, uh, I don't know, like being an audience, being... Uh, in receive mode, you're supposed to take this and do something with it, whatever whatever it happens to be. Um, and, and I guess it, it also kind of, as you were saying, that reminds me of uh, what you're talking about in your sermon today, this idea of we do things every day that have effects on the world, you right. know? Yeah. And so... Again, this is where I'm like, I'm trying not to, I, I don't want to steal, I don't wanna steal, no, go ahead. steal anybody's thunder. I don't know where you're going with this at all. Yeah. <laughs> Crash. <laughs> but it's the idea that, like you said, like God, God interacts with the world all the time. And, and it seems as though, I guess my, my takeaway from that is in doing God's will, you know, uh, he might, even, he might be interacting with the world by way of us. We are, instru- we are his instruments. And so by doing by doing, we're helping him have an impact on the right. world. You know, we you, actually yeah. participate right. in his work. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's exactly what, what Jesus said when, when he was being criticized by the Pharisees for the, for the healings he was performing on the Sabbath. He, he basically said, okay, you, all have, you guys have this idea that God stopped working. Mm-hmm. And that's not the case at all. Yeah. Like, my father has continued working to this day. And, and I work. And so do I. He, he recognized God's doing, and so our doing that God asks us to do is in keeping with and in support of and at the direction of his, his doing. Jesus also said that he, only, he, he didn't judge according to his own judgment. Mm-hmm. He only said what the Father was saying and did what the Father was already doing. Like, none of, none of it, like, Jesus w- was not, <laughs> forgive the expression, Jesus was did not claim to be the brains of the operation mm-hmm. right which I, I think is really really critical for us to recognize his submission to to the father because i mean because we, we can't understand and then apply the father-son dynamic properly in our specific families first of all or in our relationship with with the lord like he the the, the father is is primary definitionally so the father has right. to be primary Right. Well, and, you know, this is certainly content t- context that's lost on us, but it, and you know, I adventure to say it might also be lost on Christians of the time. So when I look back at the beginning of my of of James into the introduction portion that Zondervan has provided for me, it says the author James, the leader of the Jerusalem church audience, Jewish Christians, perhaps Jerusalem believers scattered after Stephen's death. And so this mm-hmm. idea that he's talking to Jewish Christians, Jewish Christians who probably at one time referred to themselves as Hebrews, maybe they mm-hmm. still did. And he's saying, don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. Mm-hmm. You know, is it lost on them? Like he could be saying, do what it says because we're supposed to be doers, you know? 
Well, can you think of any any examples in the scriptures where what the person was supposed to do is simply what the person's name would indicate that he or she should do? What are you thinking of? I'm thinking of Jonah. Hmm. Jonah means dove. Dove? Dove. Yeah, so if we think of uh, the, the dove as being a, a symbol of the, the presence of God, like the spirit of God, mm-hmm. and also a peace, he, 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 or, or even like passenger pigeon, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like that's what he was supposed to be for Nineveh. He, he was, and also if, if, it's, if you have the idea of a bird, you have the idea of a mobility greater than that of a human, mm-hmm. let's say. So he was supposed to f- fly on up to Nineveh with a message of peace. And so he decided he was going to fly somewhere else. Hmm. And and so so what God expected of Jonah was for Jonah to be Jonah. Mm-hmm. Jesus, Jesus' mission is his name. Right. Yeah. The Lord saves. And, and, and by the way, clearly the, the Lord was pretty particular about his son being named Jesus. And and the the background of that goes all the way back to to Joshua, right. and the changing of Joshua's name, and I don't know, is it Numbers? Somewhere I, 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 I want to say it's it's in mm-hmm. the book of Numbers because his name was originally Hosea, right? And then it became yeah yeah Hosea. So yeah. it's it's the Lord. The Lord mm-hmm. saves. Um, uh, other names that that are in and I don't know. Can you all think of any other names that might indicate? Uh, mission, role, calling, the, like the, the the doing that God intends. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I guess the one thing that I was, this actually what I was just looking up. So the passage I read this morning at communion from 29, where it talks about Leah naming her children. And so in here, because yeah. it says, let's see, uh, she named him Reuben, for she said, it is because the Lord has seen my misery and then for Simeon, right? So because the Lord heard that I am not loved, he gave me this one too. She named him Simeon. Not last my husband will become attached to me because I am I have borne him three sons, so she named so he was named Levi. Let's say Reuben sounds like the Hebrew for he has seen my misery. The name means see a son. Simeon probably means the one who hears. Levi mm-hmm. sounds like it may be derived from the Hebrew for attached. And then sorry, oh. let me turn the page here to see what Judah if these are any, any indications of what they were supposed to be. This time I'll praise the Lord. So she named him Judah. Do I have a note there? Judah sounds like it may be derived from the Hebrew for praise. Oh, it keeps going. Dan here means he has vindicated. Naphtali means my struggle. I don't know. Does any of that helpful? <laughs> well, clearly names are important. And we had a, we had a whole show about... The significance of, of naming. We did. Back at, or I don't know, early in the summer. Yeah. Last summer, I think. Yep. And and this this is part of that because we, we see that, oh, just the pattern that over and over and over again in the scriptures, we see that God intends for people to do good. And he has a variety of ways of revealing that good to people since he really wants them to, to do it. And and naming is is part of that. Uh, th- this might be a, a good time to to try to dovetail with the word uh, for word in Hebrew. I, I know a, l- a lot of people out there probably know that the word 
probably know that the word uh, word in Greek is logos, and there's a lot that could be said there. But Robert, can you tell us briefly about uh, the word for word in Hebrew? Uh, I'm thinking about the word davar, which it simply means word. Uh, when the, the Bible talks about the Ten Commandments, it really is saying the ten words. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. is not defining them other than these are words. It's not saying this is a commandment, this is a suggestion. It's just saying, here's the word. Mm-hmm. And it uses the, the word davar mm-hmm. for that. Yeah, the, the, uh, the, the, the davarim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, the words. And so a word, we have this concept in English that a word is simply a, a thing that we say. A thing that we say that means something. And it's a little bit deeper than that in, in both Greek and Hebrew. And in Hebrew, uh, a word is a, is a thing. The thing itself. Right, it's not metaphysical. Okay. It's, it's, not, abs, it's not abstract. Like a, a word is, is always a thing. Because in the beginning, you know, God spoke. He said words, but the words corresponded to and created things. So if we have davar, a thing, and we have abar, which means to do or to, 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 to pass through while doing, well, don't be hearers only of the word, Mm-hmm. Because if that's the case, then they don't actually exist. Okay. So they they have to actually come about. We are doers of the word. So you 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 da, you you abar the davar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> right. Um. So it's like as you go and as you do. W- w- the idea is that we are bringing into I- existence. We're bringing into reality the the good words that God has spoken and intended and directed. Well, I, I want to latch on to what Robert was saying too about this idea of the Ten Commandments, uh, it, it being wor- the word, the commands being a word. Which mm-hmm. I mean, you think about that. Like we have that turn of phrase in English where it's like, "What's the word?" You know, or in the in the army, if, like you know, it's like five o'clock in the afternoon in the evening or 1700 as we say and you're 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 private sitting around waiting to know if you can Mm -hmm. go home or not you're waiting on the word is what you're waiting on Hmm. and so this idea of the word being commandments and then to think to just to simply hear the commands but not act upon them i mean that's Mm -hmm. that's insubordinate i mean among other things disrespectful right disobedient and so yeah man so, so if you if you hear the word, you hear the commands. I mean, I guess the implied the implied task there is that you act on them, right? Right. I mean, it, th- there's it's like there's not even any option. I mean, th- there is there is the, the, there there is free will. I mean, you, one can do or not do. Yeah. Otherwise, the the verse in James make makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah, you have a choice whether to do or not do. Hmm. I mean, we, we've talked about that before. You know, it's people will say that, right? Well, I don't have any choice. Well, it's like, certainly do you do. Mm-hmm. You always have a choice. It's just you can't continue to call yourself a whatever, you know, mm-hmm. baseball player, doctor, soldier, Christian, and not 
and not do these behaviors that you're called to do. Yeah. So, so certainly you have a choice, but you can't, but two things in this case, two things can't be true at the same time. You can't be mm -hmm. disobedient and also call yourself a Christian. Well, so to, uh, to, to start to wrap up a little bit, <clears throat> I also find it interesting that it, thinking about, okay, so why, why, why Hebrew? If, 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 Eber, if it means Eberites, which it does, and we know that the scriptures don't, don't give a narrative of Eber like it does for, for Adam or for Noah yeah. or for Abraham, there's got to be a reason. The Lord is not arbitrary. If his people are called Eberites, there must be something about about that. There must be a reason that, that God, wants, since we know that there are so many times that names are intentional, that names define mission, purpose, task, um, the intent of the namer, I would think that would have to be the case for Hebrews. And so the idea is, as you pass through, as you pass over, as you pass by, be doers of the word. But then it's also interesting that, and we didn't have time to get into this, and maybe we'll, we will another time, that one of the defining moments in the Hebrew experience or the, the Hebrew consciousness is the Passover mm. itself, L you know, looking, looking at Exodus. And I'm starting to get close to that in, in my own reading. You were, you were saying, Byron, this morning that your family is, is, is reading, I guess, in, in Genesis yeah, I mean, we're doing that study from, you, you recall, the blue binder we mm -hmm. used with the kids. Yeah. We're in the red one now. And so it, it kind of goes all over the place. You know, it, it went from Joseph to Jesus to, I think they did Moses. And so anyways, they're on Abraham now and working their way through yeah. Uh, Genesis. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm there too. I'm getting close to Exodus. So it's fascinating to me that as I'm, I'm working through these stories, that the idea of doing and Passover and all of that. It is not just an Exodus idea. It's mm -hmm. a Genesis idea. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Any final thoughts? Uh, it's a covenant idea. Hmm. Uh, the The illustration with Abraham and the passing through the pieces and the torch of God passes through the pieces uh, is clearly a binding word, a, a covenant mm -hmm. that uh, connects uh two individuals or more in some kind of an obligatory activity is implied yeah. in that. Byron? I mean, I think, once again, James James sums it up for me. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. You know, we, we uh, I mean, certainly hearing the word is important. I mean, or, or, or studying the word is important, but, but we have to go out and, and live it. Mm-hmm. Amen. Well, Robert, we're, we're so thankful that you're here. We're, we're thankful for the message that you brought this morning at Allensville. That's, that's going to be up very soon on the, the Allensville Church of Christ podcast. So if you would like to hear more from Brother Robert, that will be, that will be available shortly. And, and I hope that you can come back and uh, be with us again soon. Uh, I look forward to it. Very good. All right, Byron, you want to close us up? Sure. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, and we thank you for this time to, to come together and to learn more about your word, to learn more about words specifically, God, and I uh, pray that we can just take something that, that we discussed here tonight and to, again, do as James says, not just hear the word, but to, to do something about it. Uh, we thank you that Robert could be with us here tonight, be with him on his journey home. Uh, help, thank you for Jesus. Help us to be more like him. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.